0: Hi, this is Ben Lowell, and thanks for joining us today on Back to the Bible Canada. In our message in 1 Corinthians, we'll look at the difference between human wisdom and the secret wisdom of God. So let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Corinthians 2, verses 6 to 13, as we go back to the Bible with Dr. John
1: Newfound. I don't think anyone wants to look stupid. We all want to look like we understand something about something. In all manner of settings across the country, from offices to bars to coffee shops, people argue about politics and sports and business and cars. There's always a kind of competition going on. Someone always seems to know something everyone else should know. And they, in their graciousness, want to enlighten us all. We want to let others know we know something and we should not be taken lightly. We want to appear wise in at least one area of life. You know, in much of the Roman and Greek world in the time of Paul, a fascination with wisdom had developed in what has been called the mystery religions. There were countless small religions, each one of them quite different from the others, but there were several underlying philosophies that made each one of them similar to the other as well. Each of them put an emphasis on the cycle of life. Life is renewed each spring and dies each fall, and spiritual significance was found in that. In fact, for many of these religions, even their gods died annually and were renewed every year. And second, each of these religions had secret ceremonies in which secret knowledge or secret wisdom was passed on to the new recruit. No one outside the circle would know it. That meant you were wise. You knew something that only a few of you knew. And that was quite an ego trip. But once you knew the secret, you became one of the spiritually informed. You know, thirdly, each of these religions were concerned with the emotional health of the worshiper. They appealed more to feelings and esoteric experiences rather than to doctrine and truth. And so through a series of mystical experiences, people were led to believe they had achieved union with their gods. This was called wisdom, and it was a great mystery. There's always been, in almost every circle imaginable, a kind of one-upmanship among people. Wealth, education, status, uh, knowledge, power. You know, in the ancient world, the word wisdom was the word. Those who had it were elite, and those who didn't, well, they were on the second tier. Now, up till now, in our study of 1 Corinthians, Paul has been downplaying the word Wisdom. In chapter 119, he says, God will destroy the wisdom of the wise. And then in the next section, he asks, where is the one who's wise? And then he makes the point that all the stuff people think is so wise for the moment, well, it will all finally become outdated and thrown out onto the ash heap of history. In contrast, he argues, the foolishness of the cross will stand the test of time. But when we come to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 6-13, to 13, suddenly Paul speaks of wisdom in a positive fashion. That's because up till now he is saying that everything the world thinks of as wisdom, well, that's really foolishness. And the cross, the, the thing the world thinks of as foolish, well, that really is wisdom. People have had it all wrong. And the same is true in our day. You know, I'm always amazed at how many people think it's really profound to say, believe in yourself rather than believe in God. I mean, trust in your gut feelings. Go with your heart. Believe that you're really good in the inside. It gets said so often that the majority of people feel this is a profound wisdom indeed. Even Christian people I've heard feel that way. If you'd but listen to your heart, you'll make the greatest choice of wisdom imaginable. But as Jeremiah 79 reminds us, the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful. It's amazing how, as the French philosopher Blaise Pascal reminded us, that the heart has its reasons the mind knows nothing of. He meant by that that the heart has its loves and its hates and its deep-seated prejudices, its desires to cast ourselves as the hero in every story we tell. And these deep-seated desires were unknown to the mind. Indeed, it is often after the heart settles on something that the mind begins to marshal rational reasons why we're making the best possible choice. You want an easy illustration of that? Let's say you want a new car. You know you don't need one. Your old one's fine, but soon you begin to come up with an impressive array of sound reasons why it's rational to get that new one. The heart has its reasons the mind knows nothing of. But all of this believing in yourself, which our world thinks of as astounding wisdom, is in fact foolishness. Believing in yourself is just plain dumb. Do you think you're God? I mean, after all... And in the church in Corinth, just as dumb, was arguing who is better, Paul or Apollos or Peter. There's no wisdom in that, pure folly. But now, says Paul, the time has come to teach you the true secret wisdom of God. So with our Bible open, let's begin to read. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. Now from that verse, let's develop our first lesson on genuine wisdom. Human wisdom originates in humans and is bound to pass away. When Paul uses the phrase, the rulers of this age, he can't mean Satan and demons, even though he uses a phrase like that in Ephesians 2, where he calls Satan the prince of the power of the air, and then in Ephesians 6, he speaks of Satan and the demons as the rulers, authorities, and cosmic powers. He is not here in 1 Corinthians speaking of the same thing. Uh, We know that because he says of the rulers of this age, if they had understood the wisdom of God in Christ, they would not have crucified him. Now, clearly the demons understood that Christ was the Son of God, but Pilate, Herod, and the Sanhedrin clearly didn't. So it seems safe to say that the rulers of this age must refer to human, political, and intellectual leaders in the ancient world. They were seen as the experts, the, the leaders of this world, the people who knew they were the wise ones. Now then, in contrast, notice the wisdom among the mature. These mature reject the wisdom of this age. So who are the mature? Well, in 1 Corinthians 14.20, Paul writes, Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. In fact, in that same verse, he tells them to be mature. In 1 Corinthians 3.1, he calls them infants in Christ, unable to eat solid food. He says that because they're filled with jealousy and strife. So I ask again, who are the mature? Well, clearly they are people who understand themselves through the lens of the cross of Christ. They see themselves as sinners who cannot save themselves and boast only in the cross. And once we see ourselves in the light of the cross, says Paul, we're ready to receive a wisdom unlike the wisdom that any human being that has. So we should remember, whenever we're tempted to be impressed by contemporary culture and secular values, we should remember that empires rise and fall, and idols will all be smashed, but the eternal wisdom of God in Christ will stand for all times. Okay, let's follow Paul's train of thinking to the next verse. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 7. But we impart a secret hidden wisdom from God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. Now from this verse, let's get our second lesson on wisdom. God's wisdom comes by gracious revelation. Notice a couple of words. The first is the word decreed. That's the same word as the word predestined. There is, says Paul, a secret wisdom which God predestined that we would impart or declare or reveal at the present time. And by the way, Paul repeats language very similar to this in Ephesians 3 verse 9, where he speaks of God's eternal plan to now bring to light what Paul calls, and I quote, the mystery hidden for ages in God. God predestined that this secret wisdom would be revealed at the present time. Now, if that sounds like the mystery religions, well, in a sense, that's deliberate. The mystery religions had their secrets, things only the spiritual would understand, but that's where the similarity ends. For Paul, the term mystery doesn't mean something that's being kept from people or that's hard to understand, like a puzzle, something that we might say, well, that's just a mystery. Neither does it mean something that's secretive. Rather, for Paul, a mystery is something that you could never have figured out on your own using human wisdom. God has to reveal it to you. But here's the point. The great mystery, which is Christ, his birth, his life, teachings, death on the cross for our sins, his resurrection from the dead, our salvation by grace alone, this mystery has been planned by God and originated in the mind of God before time began. But no one would have guessed this or figured it out on their own. See, that's the thing with real wisdom. It doesn't come through religion. It doesn't arise out of the human heart. It doesn't come by man's religious quest to climb a spiritual ladder of enlightenment. It comes by the grace of God. It's an act of mercy in which God condescends to reveal it to us. So let's review. First, human wisdom originates in humans, and it's temporal. Second, divine wisdom originates in God, and it's eternal. So let's move on to the next verse, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 8. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Here's our third principle of wisdom. Human wisdom is always ignorant of God. No matter how hard human beings try, they will never, on their own, unaided by God's spirit, ever understand the wisdom of God. See, here's what I know with absolute certainty. If Jesus Christ came to our world today, Canada, in the 21st century, we would not welcome him. We would crucify him. We would find Jesus as much of an offense as the people of Jerusalem did 2,000 years ago. That's human wisdom ignorant of God.
0: What a great introduction. We really get a sense of how different human wisdom is from the wisdom of God. It's a reminder, too, that before coming to Christ, All of us were relying on the foolishness of our own wisdom in trying to understand and live in this world. When we come back, we'll learn how the Holy Spirit reveals God's wisdom to us through His Word. Time is running short and space is now very limited. So now's the time to decide to join Back to the Bible Canada, Laugh Again and Friends, from February 7th to the 16th, 2020, on our Back to the Bible Canada Southern Caribbean cruise. Sail the seas for nine days aboard Royal Caribbean's Explorer of the Seas. Visit Aruba, Carousel, Bonaire, and more. Specially designed to enjoy all that the cruise line has to offer and be spiritually refreshed and encouraged under the ministry of Back to the Bible Canada's Dr. John Newfeld. Laugh Against Phil Calloway, and special musical guests Shane and Angela Weeb. Be enriched, be challenged, laugh, and be encouraged, and enjoy great fellowship. Come on your own or bring your family and friends. Check it all out at backtothebible.ca, laughagain.ca or call us at 1-800-663-2425 but register soon to avoid disappointment. And remember that all the costs associated with ministry vacation events are funded exclusively by the participants and no ministry resources are used for this purpose.
1: Paul has given us three principles about wisdom. First of all, human wisdom originates in human beings and will therefore pass away. Secondly, God's wisdom can only come to us through revelation. And thirdly, human wisdom by its very nature is ignorant of God. So now let's keep on reading our text. I'm reading from 1 Corinthians 2, verses 9 and 10. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Now from that text, let's develop our fourth principle about wisdom. God's wisdom can only be revealed by the Holy Spirit. Let's see if we can follow Paul's line of thought. He begins with a quotation from the Old Testament, and most Bible teachers will tell you he's quoting from Isaiah 64, verse 4. That passage says, From of old no one has heard or perceived by the ear, no eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. Now, two things. First, you'll notice that that's not exactly what Paul is quoting. Paul speaks of no eye seeing what God has prepared for those who love him, meaning, of course, their salvation. And Isaiah is saying no eye has ever seen a God like the God of Israel who protects his people. Isaiah is saying unlike the gods of the nations around Israel, our God is real. He's living. He rescues people in the day of trouble. So clearly in 1 Corinthians, Paul is quoting something altogether different. Now, secondly, There is actually no text in the Old Testament that is exactly like what Paul's quoting. So what's he doing? Well, the answer is that Paul is combining a number of passages from the Old Testament and kind of synthesizing them. So he's quoting from Isaiah 64, verse 4, as we've seen, but he's also quoting from Isaiah 52, verse 15, Isaiah 65, 17 is another quote, and so is Jeremiah 3, verse 16. Because he is an apostle, Paul is free to take a variety of passages and show an implication from all of them and speak to the cross in the present hour from the text that he finds in the Old Testament. And what's Paul wanting to show us? Notice that Paul speaks of three parts of the body, the eye, the ear, and then the heart. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, the heart of man has not conceived. He's referring to man's thinking process. Paul is speaking of three basic human functions, neither our perception, nor our ability to analyze what we see, or the ability to assimilate the facts, which are basic human tools of understanding and knowing. These things were unable to grasp the wisdom of God. To put it another way, we do not have the capacity to imagine God's wisdom. Now, this is so important, for the Corinthian church needed to hear this. They prided themselves in knowledge. But in chapter 8, verse 1, Paul wants to remind them that knowledge by itself just puffs people up. The Corinthians were just playing a game of who has the most wisdom, who has the most knowledge, and that left one group feeling superior to the others. But in the end of chapter 1 and the beginning of chapter 2, Paul has been emphasizing the cross as the very expression of the wisdom of God. A cross-centered life knows about love. Sacrifice, touching, and blessing others. It speaks of a God who entered into this world in order to give his life as a ransom for many. He came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life. It's also about God extending salvation to human beings apart from merit or anything that we can do. And so, knowledge of things, like expressed in the mystery religions, does not include grace, love, kindness, mercy. But these things are found in the cross. And, says Paul, human wisdom, unaided by God's Spirit, has never understood what God has prepared for those who love him. Human wisdom will never see our sin and our need for grace and the value of the cross at the center of all of God's purposes. But even while human wisdom can't grasp the wisdom of God, we are not to despair. God has sent his Holy Spirit to reveal to us what we could not have known on our own. That's a wonderful truth. God has no obligation to share his wisdom with us, and yet in love he did. But Paul is not content with just saying that. He adds, the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. Let's see if we can put that into our own words. We might say, the Spirit searches out everything and nothing escapes his attention. He knows everything. One Bible teacher has said, it's the work of the Spirit to dive deep as to the bottom of the sea and to bring up treasures of revelation that would otherwise never be known by any human being. Well said. I think that gets at it. And with that, lest we miss it, Paul continues with that thought. I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Well, that's an amazing analogy. I remember some time ago having a conversation with a woman who told me that when she was a young girl, a thought occurred to her. She could think anything she wanted, and no one, not her parents or her siblings or her grandparents or her teachers in school, would know what she was thinking. What a treasure, she thought. A gift of being able to think thoughts and be assured that you'll never be interrupted and never be contradicted. You know, sometimes people have wondered whether it's really possible to know anyone at all. And sometimes, as you know, we hide our thoughts from others, and maybe that's a good thing. But even when we try to not hide them from others, how well are we really able to communicate our true thoughts and feelings? Who we truly are is known by us in a way that will never be known by any other human being. And using that analogy, Paul now opens the door of the impossibility of knowing the wisdom of God. Only the Holy Spirit can know the deep things of God. It is utter folly to say that any person can speak for God, for who knows the thoughts of God? Answer, only the Holy Spirit does. And then, having made the point, Paul is now ready to add a next profound thought. Verse 12 reads, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Please notice that the word we refers to Paul and the Corinthians, and for that matter all believers. We have received the Spirit who is from God. This Holy Spirit who searches the deep things from God, who knows all the thoughts of God has been given to us. We know that Paul does not mean that we know everything that God knows. We don't know everything that God knows. Eternity is not enough time to know all the thoughts of God. But we do know that in the cross, in Christ, we have been reconciled to God. Now let's look at the last verse in our section, 1 Corinthians 2.13. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. When Paul says we, he now means we, the apostles, we have imparted the wisdom of God in the cross in words that were taught to us, that is, in the vocabulary that was taught by the Holy Spirit. And that really is the miracle of Jesus. He set aside 12 men that they were to be with him, watch him, believe him. And then after he had gone away, the Holy Spirit would come and would accurately remember everything he did and be able to explain everything about Jesus in his cross. That was the gift that was given to the apostles. And these spirit-taught words have not only been given to the apostles, they've been given to the church. And that's our Bible. Bible. Now let me try to sum that up. First of all, human wisdom originates in human beings. It's destined to pass away. God's wisdom can come to human beings, but it only comes through revelation. Unaided human wisdom is profoundly ignorant of God. God's wisdom can only be revealed by the Holy Spirit because only he knows the thoughts of God. And then lastly, God-appointed apostles are the conduit whereby the Holy Spirit teaches the things of God. The Bible is the words of the Holy Spirit. You know, when we continue on this discussion next week, we're going to see how it is necessary for us to have the Holy Spirit to understand the words that God communicates.
0: John, what a great and inspiring message. You know, I was thinking about it, that this really is at the heart of what Back to the Bible Canada is all about, teaching and engaging the Word of God. But we recognize it really can't be done without the guiding wisdom of the Holy Spirit.
1: Yeah, that's that's so true. I mean, there's those two things. I mean, we have often stated on this program um, the appalling illiteracy, biblical illiteracy in this country. But there is something else that we do need to talk about as well. It's impossible for us to understand the Scripture without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I mean, next week I'm going to talk more about how the Holy Spirit is involved in understanding the Bible. I will say that the Bible is coherent. It makes rational sense. Any person with adequate reading skills should be able to understand it. But there is a role that the Holy Spirit plays in applying that Scripture to our lives that without His care in our lives won't happen. But Ben, there's something else that you've said that I really want to key in on here, and that is the wisdom of God is that which is found in Scripture. We will not know the wisdom of God until we know the Word of God. I mean, if we are illiterate, if we don't know the Word of God, we don't know the wisdom of God. The two just work hand in hand, and so it puts again the imperative that we have right here at Back to the Bible to teach the Word. I think it's
0: safe to say that after studying the wisdom of God in these verses, it truly is so vast and so much greater than any of us could imagine. Back to the Bible Canada, leading you forward in your walk with Jesus every day. Dr. John's newest Bible teaching series, The Adventure of Prayer, is available to you this month on CD as our free ministry gift. Have you struggled with prayer? You know it's important, but have always felt your prayer life wasn't what it ought to be. Well, Dr. John wants to encourage and equip you. Prayer ought to be a joy, ought to be an adventure, ought to be powerful, and this five-message series just may change your prayer life. So call us today, or if you'd rather listen online via podcast or mobile app, the series is available on all of these mediums so that the maximum number of people have free access to quality, trustworthy Bible teaching. To request your copy on CD or if you'd like to support the Bible teaching ministry of Back to the Bible Canada, call us right now at 1-800-663-2425. That's 1-800-663-2425 or visit us online at backtothebible.ca.